I noticed that the refrigerator had no light bulb in it. And then I looked and I saw that they had removed the bulb from the refrigerator and replaced one of the hallway light bulbs <laughs> with a refrigerator bulb. But also, what? I believe they had four kids. And I was like, oh, that explains that. Scotch. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 152 of Coffee with Butterscotch, the game dev comedy podcast of Butterscotch Shenanigans. I'm Seth and I'm the games programmer. I'm Adam and I'm just kind of sitting here. I'm Sam and I'm the man who mulches. And this is a show where we talk about life, business, and working in the games industry. Today is my 2018. Before we get started, we have a warning. Anything can happen on this show. Uh, there's going to be profanity and... I guess singing like Creed. So <laughs> uh, you've been warned. So this show uh-huh. should not be listened to by children or apparently anyone else. But before Anybody we get started, though, rock. what what is the actual date? Because now I'm super it's unsure. Mertur. 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 Is that the twelfth? Twenty eighth. All right. It's I was really say, you got to really you know we got to help May twenty eighth. Mertur. Mertur. Yeah, I felt like I, f- I heard May 12th in that, but I was like, I'm pretty sure no, that happened a there long was, that's time where the ago. kind of the E, like, Matwee. That does sound like a creed. Creed, what are you going to do? Good times. All right. Well, first thing we got to talk about this week is that, you know, here at the Scotch Shenanigans, we've got. We got rules. We got principles. Actually, we don't have any rules, but we do have some suggestions mm-hmm. uh, that we've stuck up on the wall in our office, and it's called the Butterscotch Shenanigans Principles. Mm-hmm. And we have them available at bit.ly slash BS underscore principles. So if you'd like to follow the bouncing ball as we run through uh-huh. uh, run through the principles. Uh, that you. brings me back. We've covered. <laughs> we've covered. <laughs> uh, being a four-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, didn't they always did that. Like they yeah, sang they songs, songs and songs. they would yeah. slap. Do they still do that ever? I've seen. I'm, oh, they I'm did it sure in, it's a in thing. the Invader Zim Christmas episode. There you go. Yeah. They do have a bouncing ball. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that itself is probably 10 years ago by now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and if and for those listening, if you haven't seen Invader Zim, get get the oh, fuck yes. over there and watch that show. Because there's only is, one season of it. So you can, yeah. just, you can blow through that. Just so fast. Nobody liked it, and then it died. But in retrospect, it was amazing. It was great. <laughs> um, so we've covered, I think, the first <laughs> nobody knows however many principles, Tour. and there's three left, which we do know. Yes. Uh, so we're going to cover those three principles and talk about them in this week's episode. Right now, first principle of the last three principles. I've heard happily. Let's get there. <laughs> And the first principle is this. Always know why. Mm. What does it mean, Adam? Yeah, Adam. It means have a reason for the things you do. You know? My God. Just like. What what an insightful. But the hilarious hilarious part about that seemingly super obvious statement is that almost nobody. Knows why the fuck they're doing it. None of the time (laughs) has any reason for what they're doing. They're they're doing it because they're on some sort of an autopilot. Mm -hmm. that, That doesn't just mean like they're being told what to do and that's why they're doing it. But also, just you just do things out of habit. You just you just almost do everything. Stuff. Almost everything. We we very rarely explicitly think about the things that we're doing and why we're doing them. So always know why isn't necessarily say like get to the core truth because as as you'll always hear me say, there isn't one. Yeah, know? it's but, not necessarily about establishing your life purpose. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's good to do if you go if deep you enough. There's no reason for anything. So right. just turtles. So don't go don't go too deep. Yeah, yeah. But go maybe just, two layers just, deep. Exactly. Go deep enough that you have a reason that there that there's some. There's some belief system at play. There's some set of evidence around you that you've gathered together to make you do the thing that you're doing and that you've thought about, is this even a good idea? Is this thing good for me? Is this good for what I'm trying to accomplish? And then the how is actually the the big part too. So good example from just from my uh, personal sketching stuff. First teacher I got, uh, I was was doing some sketching on on webcam. She's looking at it and she's like, oh, try uh, holding your pencil like from the back, almost like, like a wand. So you hold it like straight up in your hand with your thumb sort of on the back of it. And you like, basically you choke up, choke up on the choke bat. Choke up on the bat. You know, keep choke your, up Keep your it. eye on the paper. And, and I was like, why would I, why? And she was like, well, it'll, it'll make your lines basically easier to do because it, it makes it so you can't control it with your fingers now. You have to do it with your wrist and your shoulder and your elbow. And, and your, your lines and your hips. Yeah, it's all, it's all in the hips. So you gotta, now you can actually make these really long, nice looking, perfectly clean strokes as opposed to doing like these little 
It's like tiny, mm. hideous. So it trains you to use the other parts of your arm. Yeah, and I was like, huh. I didn't. I didn't realize. I didn't realize that asking why about how I was holding my pencil was a option. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's like, always know why is basically it's synonymous with question everything. Except some people just stop there for some reason. They're just like, I don't believe that. Or whatever, and they just kind of leave it there. Very annoying people. Yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to take it the next step, and now and now have a hypothesis and and mm-hmm. do something as a consequence of that question. Yeah, and I've I've always found that you know as a good practice, uh, if you try to go too wise deep, mm-hmm. that's usually where you start to find interesting things. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, I want to eat ice cream tonight. Why do I want to eat ice cream? Well, it's just something that I enjoy. I love ice cream. Uh, but then if you go, but why? Why do I? get so much satisfaction out of eating ice cream such that I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's because we're evolutionarily programmed to seek out high caloric food items. Yes. Or represented by fat and sugar. And once you know that, what do you want to just be a dumb animal? What do you want ice cream? Or do you want to take I mean, control of your destiny? Sometimes, yeah. I want to be exactly. Dumb sometimes, sometimes that's completely fine. That's fine. As long as you know why. Because now you know yeah. why and now you're making a decision yeah, about so it. So if you say, oh, I know I want ice cream, it's because I'm a dumb animal. And I'm, a, and I'm, I'm okay and I'm with that. Comfortable, yeah, with that fact. Just go get your ice cream. But the so point is, you know why? We're I'm, all just weird kind of smooth monkeys you know, <laughs> running around eating ice. Some cream. of us are smoother than others because of good skincare regimen. That's so, true. That's true. So, but uh, my my first sort of brush with this actually came from a, a course I took in in college. Luckily, uh, that was called Presentation Matters, and it was it was ostensibly about how to use the Office product suite. So like Microsoft Word, PowerPoint, all this Excel all stuff so that you could go into the workforce and actually have skills that all other college students just did not have. Okay. You mean the ones that everybody puts in the resume where, that, they, where they don't actually proficient know to, in word exactly. proficient. Profi- oh, by the way, if you put that you're proficient at something, that means you don't know how the fuck it works. <laughs> I think that's what that <laughs> word means. Yeah, you, right? you could enter things into <laughs> cells in Excel. That's yeah. about the extent of it. So uh, the whole course was about making, taking this technology and first exploring it and then doing really whack stuff with it. So like we built what were essentially websites. That's a good like word. Functional. Whack. That's good. Like functional websites that weren't obviously connected to the web, but functional in terms of like bopping around to different pages and stuff inside of Excel using macros and all this stuff. Mm. So I made like, I made a life tracker, which was six different sheets where you could, it was all like formatted up and had pictures and stuff. And then you could enter in like, oh, here's a book I read. And you hit a button and it would like fill out this beautiful bar graph thing. And so like we did all this stuff. But the first three weeks of it, uh, every single week, someone had to come in and give a presentation. Two people. And it's a 14 person class. So like really intense. And no matter what you did, the professor would always just ask you, why? Why'd so, you do that? Yeah. So he would, just, he would stop at the end of the presentation. He'd be like, all right, go back to the first slide. And then he'd be like, so you put your logo for this thing. I got up in the top left corner. He was like, why? And people didn't have an answer yeah. for the first three weeks because they didn't realize that you had to have you an have answer to actually for think every about- single piece <laughs> yeah. of what you were doing. You should think about everything. And he'd be like, why did you choose that, you know, that line thickness on that? Why did, why is it that color? Why did you think about how that works in relation to this? Why, 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 why? And so by the time you get done, it's not about learning. Like you could tell there are people who try to bullshit and they, they make it like a little bit of the ways in. And then at some point, like, everything falls, everything apart. falls apart. <laughs> and, and then like everybody starts getting really, really well trained to actually answer that question with everything. And, and that's what I started applying on the life side that ended up sort of helping me. I feel like get out of a general. I also slump. like this from the design side with, uh, with Edward Tuft. I think T-U-F-T-E, mm-hmm. I believe there's an E in there, um, who's sort of a, I don't know, sort of a, a, a sort of a nerd celebrity and, and the, for the group of people who love design, especially of data mm-hmm. um, and how to present it. Because uh, I read through, back when I was um, doing my science career, I was reading, I read through those very, very carefully for the same reason, which is I saw all these people presenting data and it was just always so hard to figure out what was happening, what was happening and why. And there are all these conventions that people use uh, that don't help with, uh, with actually understanding what you're looking at. And so at some point I was just like, Somebody must have actually thought about this and have reasons for things, you know. And so I found this collection of books by Edward Tuff that are just fucking stellar because mm-hmm. he just actually goes through and he breaks down all the different ways that people display data and why and then gives examples of how to think about it and do it all better. They're beautiful way books more too, which oh, yeah. I guess they should be. They right? should be. They <laughs> ought to be, definitely. He has one from a long time ago from like 2000 or something about PowerPoint. Mm. which I have not gotten and will never get because it's not, that's not the life that I live. You know, mm. that was also a long time ago, but it does make me very curious, you know, what's in there. You know? <laughs> this this kind of also makes me think about the door problem. Mm-hmm. So this is yep. a, there's an article. I, I can't remember. Was it in Gama Sutra? I think it was just someone's like blog. Someone's blog. So, yeah. so I think, I think maybe if you just look up, you know, the door problem game, game design. I'll Google it while you're talking about it. Yeah. Um, that there's this excellent article just about, 
what is involved uh, as a designer for for implementing some new idea into a video game or whatever. And so, uh, so they use the simple concept of if you just say, our game is going to have doors in it. Mm-hmm. And on the face of it, you just think, yeah, I know what a door is and what it does. This is an obvious and simple problem. And so then, but then this person goes on to list, okay, well, what are the things you need to ask about in order to actually put doors in your game? Mm-hmm. And the list is hundreds of items long. It's like, <laughs> it's, very funny. it's like, how big are the doors? If there's something bigger than the door, can it go through the door anyway? Mm-hmm. Are doors breakable? Do they have hinges? Do they swing both ways or only one way? Can they lock? Can they lock? And if they can lock, where are the keys? Mm-hmm. Are keys specific to doors or are <laughs> keys universal, right? How many keys can a player hold? Yeah. Is yeah. there a key inventory? Where do the keys go? Can, can you open doors? Key? Can enemies pick up keys? <laughs> can, you sh- can you shoot through a door? Right. Yeah. yeah. If you so if you Google the door you problem, find you'll find it immediately. So I don't know. So the the thing that keeps on coming up is by Liz England. So I think it's uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if she's the original ever. She actually refers to it as a classic design problem. So hmm. so maybe this is something taught in some yeah whatever. But but she has the sort of the formulation of it that's just very clear and. But and, it's uh, but it just comes the core of it is just the idea of nothing is as simple as it seems, and you have to think real fucking hard mm-hmm. about all the reasons why a thing would work, why it wouldn't work, and then how to go about it. I had one of these making spaghetti yesterday. Mm. So you had, a, my, you had a spagooter epiphany. I had a spaghetti why situation. Nice. So <laughs> uh, I had like 30 minutes before I needed to go pick up my wife from the bus station. She's come back from a trip. And so I was like, I want to get this bulk meal ready. But usually this thing takes about an hour to make because there's a lot of moving components. And so I just thought about it for a second, and I realized that I had maybe been you should start with animals that aren't alive, well, that, not moving it around. It really sped it up. <laughs> well, like part, part part of it was actually taking the. Uh, I usually do a clove of garlic and actually crush the damn thing, right? And like that takes like five minutes to manually mince some garlic. So I was at the grocery store. I got a little can of it. Just get the minced garlic. It's already done. Boom! Five minutes. Said the ingredients. I was like, it's fine. That's so, that's time in a can mm-hmm, right there. So bring the house. The ingredients probably include salt. You're like, now I don't have to put salt in anymore either. There wasn't any salt in there, but uh, okay. I think <laughs> lime from lemon juice or something. So, sure. uh, but the the actual the big thing was I realized that I've been doing the vegetables in the wrong order because like certain vegetables need to cook down, you know, and mushrooms in particular cook down like a ton. Like you put a huge mushroom in to saute and it turns into like There's the tiny, like a pinhead. Yep. And the problem is if you do it late, then you end up having these chewy mushrooms that aren't actually done, right? And if you do it too early, you end up with grains of sand. Basically. so That are flavored like mushrooms. What yeah. I did was I actually did the mushrooms first along with the onions and garlic and stuff and then let that just sit while I was doing everything else. And for somehow, it sort of, it cut out like 25 minutes of prep for the whole thing. <laughs> so I got it done in 35 minutes, flat. Boom. Ran out the door. Um, and then I was like, huh, I should have just taken about four minutes to think about, you know, the order of ops yep. in this. To yes. Do now, the unfortunate reality of asking these questions is that you must take time to think about things. Yes. Which does take time. And it also means that's time that you're not spending on YouTube or mm-hmm. Netflix or Reddit or Twitter or whatever. So it's kind of boring to just sit there, but you have to be, you have to embrace it. You, know, you got to mm-hmm. be okay with that and understand that it means so. It's for something and you're getting something out of it. All right, next, next principle, play the long game. Mm. Yeah, this All means right. don't screw your, your future self with the decisions that you make right now, even right. if they seem really good right now. So this is, this is just your classic ice cream problem yep. in the sense that uh, at, your human brain is almost purely designed to push you via automated behaviors into making decisions that are very gratifying in the immediate short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pushing you into fleeing scary things right now. Yeah. And, and eating eating calorie ice, eating ice cream <laughs> right and taking a nap, then waking up, grabbing your phone off the nightstand and then just watching YouTube for 6 hours. <laughs> Is this like the butterscotch hierarchy of needs versus uh-huh. Maslow's? So it's like flee scary things. Yep. Eat sugary foods. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Watch yep. YouTube. Actually do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so so this is the, the problem is that that you have all these sort of subconscious uh instincts that push you into doing certain things and you have to override them consciously. So you know, this kind of comes back to this always know why, you know, know why it is that that you have urges to do certain things. Um and once you sort of have that understanding, then you can start playing the long game. And uh I had a thought a couple of weeks back about sort of what willpower is. Hmm. And I think really it just comes down to willpower is 
the ability to sacrifice short-term pleasure for long-term gains. Mm -hmm. That's basically just what willpower is. Um, It's overriding your dumb animal self. Yeah. And then, and and the thing is that's, that does take energy. It's not an easy thing to do. And it's something that takes uh, practice. And so you got to kind of understand what it, what, what it takes to do that and what kinds of pitfalls are going to be. Fortunately, we do have a uh, YouTube talk called do what you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you just look that up, on YouTube. There you go. Then you'll find that and then now you'll know how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, from a business context too, it makes it, it sort of informs how we do everything in the studio, right? So the, the goal is not necessarily to, if we wanted to just make a crap load of money right now, we would probably, you know, we would pursue very different games from the ones that were built. Probably trying to sell the studio or something. Probably try to sell the studio, um, you know, see if any overseas investors would want to take a piece since apparently yep. that's a thing. Um, there's a bunch of other sort of general business trajectory stuff that would be very different if we weren't sort of plotting. We'd also probably do an ICO. We yep. would. We would start a cryptocurrency. Exchange. We would yep. be in VR mm-hmm. and we would be in, in San Francisco looking for investors right yeah. now. We, we, would, would not, we would try to depend on investor funding instead of on, on stuff that our, our customers funding. pay us. Right. And we would not do this podcast. No. Because no. this podcast is a long-term thing that we are working on. We only uh, vaguely know what it's for. Mm-hmm. We're we're, sure we're learning over time. I'm pretty sure it's for it's, good reason. Yeah, well, it's it's for community. It's for community sort of cultivation and and growth, mm-hmm. right? And that is something that takes. It's like a garden, you know. It just takes a long time. You got to plant a lot of seeds, mm-hmm. and you just got to water them once a week for mm-hmm. one hour. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that, that's how right. gardening works, mm-hmm. as I understand it. Uh, so there's just a lot of things that you have to do, and you have to. Sometimes you got to give things up in the short term, you know, to make that happen. And then the final principle. Uh, from the Biscotch Studio principles is align thyself. Mm-hmm. So I like to use the metaphor of a boat, yeah. which is, you know, when you're doing stuff on a team, everybody's doing something. And if you, if you simplify the metaphor, if you're all on a boat, everybody's paddling, mm-hmm. right? And if Sam is pedaling off to the left and Adam's pedaling off to the right, and I'm just on the back of the boat, just slapping the water with my paddle, mm-hmm. uh, we're not going anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's all about understanding. Somebody else is just wishing that our boat was a submarine and just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, why doesn't this boat have a motor? <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, that's a great question. You know, if we why. had that, that would probably solve a lot of problems. <laughs> um, so, so the reason that the principle is, is listed as align thyself mm-hmm. is because it's your responsibility to either uh, understand the direction that everybody else on the team is going, get on board with that, and then find a way to also carry the team in that mm-hmm. direction um, or uh, to figure out what direction you think the team should be going and get everybody else going on way. board with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the point is it's far more important for everybody to be in alignment than for you to get exactly what you want. Yes. Because the team just needs to move somewhere yeah. because every direction is forward basically yeah, as long as you're going somewhere. Right, if everyone's working at odds or, if, or even if people are working in generally the same direction, uh, then if you're, this is just some vector math, right? You're just, you're mm-hmm. wasting a lot of energy because people are only, only part of your energy is actually going towards that aligned direction. That's right. So the idea is if you're trying to accomplish something as a team, you just gotta, you just gotta put your ego away a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and you say, uh, my, my primary goal is to, is to f- create a board and get on it. We want this boat to get over there. Yeah. Have or literally anywhere. Just somewhere. Literally it, anywhere. But everyone needs to agree are, on where the fuck that boat's yeah, going. Because where we are is in the middle of the water. Yeah. Which, you know. Well, the sharks. You're, get, you're going to die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this requires, again, <laughs> just sort of like always know why. This requires everybody in the group actually sitting down and saying, where's this boat going? Where are we Because going? If, if you don't even, if no one's even thought about that, or if the sort of the vision set forth by whoever, if the, the person in charge of visioning, if that's a thing you got. Uh, that, that's the corporate vision officer. Correct. The CVO. The CVO. Mm-hmm. So if that person just sits down and says something like that nobody can get behind or, like, or even contribute to. All right, everybody, we're going to be making $60 million this right. year. That's our company's purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then how, End of story. Like, people this affects can't, me not at all. Yeah, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't affect any individuals. People can't align to that because it's not a... That's not an actual destination. That's just a, and it's an totally outcome. binary yeah. because either you're gonna hit it and that's fine, and then you're, or you're done. Everybody's just like, well, yeah. fuck. Now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're, you're, you're <laughs> you gotta shoot for a shore. You know, you just gotta know what that shore is yeah. all about. Yeah, it's about understanding your process and how you're gonna move. Yeah, and don't worry about it. 
Uh, all right, so those are those are the studio principles. Yeah, we did it. As we currently understand it, it only took three weeks. And I believe someone in the Discord actually made a printable version of it, too. Nice. So maybe ask, go in the podcast Discord at discord.gg slash bscatch. And, and then uh, just scroll up. Either scroll up or just ask and see. Yeah. Well, the one that we pay. have mm-hmm. at the at the Bitly link is printable, printable, but it's also colored yeah. on the back. So it's gonna just just gonna use some ink. It's basically completely black. It's basically <laughs> unreadable. Yeah. Uh, but the text well, is, the text is white, yeah. which is nice. Right. Um, all right. So otherwise, industry news: the GDPR, the General Data mm-hmm. Protection, Protection Regulation, Regulation. Yes. has. Arrived. It has arrived. Has it arrived occurred. on May 25th. Mm-hmm. Fourth. So, <laughs> what what has happened? Well, uh, we are up to date. We're, We're now up to date as of as of Friday morning. So this the, is this the is day uh, it was due. Yeah, and this is the European huge. Re- we talked about it uh, last week. So if you kind of missed that, check out that episode. But in summary, uh, there's a big new law in Europe. That is all about how companies manage data. The way I think about this is like, you know, currently you have all these terms of services that you just sort of click on, right? You're like iTunes. Yeah, I read that. Everybody's got a privacy policy where they just go, you have none. And you're like, I agree. Great. That's great. So (laughs) essentially what the GDPR does is it steps in and makes it kind of okay that you didn't read jack shit about how these companies are doing stuff with your stuff. That's sort of the the best way to think. And kind of the big key to it is that anything that's like truly important to your privacy, you have to now grant explicit consent to. So they can't bury a thing in their privacy policy and just say, well, you agreed to it. You're like if, if they wanted to put in there, you agree to us just sharing your pictures that you put on our service with anybody. Anybody um, we feel like for fun. And then that would be the kind of thing that now they actually have to ask for explicit consent for. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it's a, it's a good protective measure, but um, it doesn't, it doesn't fit super well with the video games industry because no. the kind of data that we collect, a lot of it is just like binary data that describes your game progress. Right? Yeah. We don't care you know what your address is. <laughs> no, we, we don't care. We don't have any of that. Yeah, we don't care how many kids and, you have, and lots of other companies, uh, especially the you know the kind of the social media platforms and the ad companies that this regulation is specifically targeting. Uh, all they have on you is private personal data. Yeah, like every piece of data they have on you is something that you could understand. You know what it is, and it's about you as a mm-hmm. as a human being. Um, and and so the the GDPR was designed for that. Doesn't fit super squarely with what we're doing. So there, there's still some kind of weird stuff that that we and other video game companies are not hundred percent sure that we're on, that we've like, that we are square on because the regulation just doesn't fit. And right. so we're, we're all kind of just like waiting for somebody to get sued or something. And the regulation is largely not for us. It's for no. advertisements, no, but it does hit everybody. It's yeah. for Facebook and Google. I think it's probably the easiest. It's for advertising platforms. Um, so, so there was a, there's a Ted radio hour from this past week about attention, which is pretty fascinating. And it's definitely worth a listen. If you're looking for other, you know, podcasts to check mm-hmm. out, um, and they said something in there that seems obvious, but it's not that intuitive. And it's also very creepy if you think mm. about it when it comes to all this uh, sort of like data management privacy stuff, which is uh, that people talk about your attention as being a commodity, right? And so so Facebook or Google or whatever, they are attention brokers where they grab your attention and then they and then they redirect it to an advertisement that somebody else has paid for, sure. right? But the interesting thing about attention is that it's not worth anything by itself. So nobody cares if if all you do is look at an ad. This is the impressions problem with ads. This is the impressions versus clicks versus, you know, it's it's the idea of a conversion funnel, mm-hmm. which is uh, what the person paying. So there, there's two people on the transaction, right? There's Google. Then there's the company that's buying an advertisement uh, and putting it on Google. And then mm-hmm. there's you. And the only reason that a company is willing to pay for those advertisements is because they believe that they can manipulate your behavior, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's why those ads have value. Um, and it's why people are shown anywhere between four and 10,000 ads per day in the United States when they're on the internet or whatever. Or just driving. It's one, one of the, so driving home every day after work because I live just south of downtown St. Louis, which means on my drive home, the arch is there. You know, it's like, it's the symbol of St. Saint Louis. It's a glorious, it's gorgeous. enormous structure, right? <laughs> yeah. Except they're like three fucking billboards mm-hmm. that there is no moment on my drive home where I have an unobstructed view because of fucking billboards. <laughs> it makes yeah. me so but, but angry. Here's the thing. Every time you know, I drive it's, home. it's easy to think about these, oh, they're ads, you know, they're advertisements. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're trying, they're showing you their product. Mm-hmm. But if you think about them as, as these companies are, are purchasing behavior modification, 
from Google or from Facebook. Basically, these companies are saying, hey, Facebook, you've got a good platform that I can use to manipulate someone's behavior, Mm -hmm. right? That's what an ad actually seeks to do is to change something about what you do in your life, right? And so, so we've just kind of created this giant web of voluntary behavior modification where we all jump into Facebook, we all jump into Google and we're just totally cool with all these companies trying to force, trying to basically take away our ability to make decisions about what we want, what we like, what know. we I mean, see, think, what we I do. I think it's a super dark angle on it because I think the reality also is that like advertising by itself is not necessarily an evil construct, right? Because like there's been plenty of times where I've seen an advertisement or something I'm like, yes, I do need that. In my, mm-hmm. The sham wow. I mean, and it did technically <laughs> manipulate your behavior. Well, well, but no, I don't but, feel manipulated. No, but, but think about this. Advertising right? as an end is fine. It's, it's literally just telling somebody about a product. Right. But the means by which advertisements You're are delivered. You're saying because of the hyper-targeting, then it gets creepy. Because it's essentially saying you look well, like no. a person so, who's susceptible. So think, so think, about, think about the fact that um, all news outlets have become entertainment. Yeah. The reason is that they want your attention. So that they can redirect that attention to advertisements because that's where their money comes from. Right. right. And so the advertisements themselves are not a problem. It's the fact that everybody wants everything for free. You're saying that it's sort of distorted the content itself in order to better fit. Yeah. The ad- and so, so one of the, one of the examples uh, in the Ted radio Hour episode was, was that, you know, YouTube, for example, uses algorithms to decide what people might be interested in. Um, and so things, things just trend toward, sensationalist clickbait. And yeah, so, so they have their, their, you know, up next and their recommended, you know, mm-hmm. column on the right side. And, uh, and the researcher was talking about how she started watching some, some political rallies and then to see what the algorithm would start to serve up. And she would just always choose the next. So whenever they said, Hey, here's the, up next, here's this next thing. And no matter what part of the political spectrum she watched rallies for the the recommended videos always took her into extremist uh, videos by the time she was like six videos deep, right? Because they're always more attention grabbing than the one before it. And they just want to keep you there. Um, And so, so the problem isn't the ads. It's the fact that attention needs to be harvested, you know, Mm -hmm. like a crop and, and And packaged up and sold. And the only way to do that is to just keep ramping up Mm. the sensationalism and the shock factor and whatever. Right. Right. And so we're kind of reaching this, like, I, I think things like the GDPR kind of speak to the fact that we're reaching this crucial point where people are feeling this. Oh, yeah. Like, people are feeling like something is wrong mm-hmm. with the way that all these things are coming together. Uh, it's kind of hard to express it because it's a very complicated system, right? But something feels really fucking wrong with all this, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. So, anyway, GDPR. Well, I think there's there's been some other some other impacts on uh on indie devs in particular. So I got a note from Ooblets. Ooblets. Yeah. Ooblets uh, is a fantastic looking, uh, sort of Pokemon-esque, like very cute Pokemon-esque game. I think you grow the creatures. You can capture them and you grow them as as seeds or something. And then you do battle with them. It's extremely cute. And it has sort of like a low poly, just adorable aesthetic to it. Been a dev for a while and I think it's two people working on it. And they sent out a note to everybody on the newsletter basically saying, hey, because of the GDPR, uh, we're not going to be sending more newsletters because we don't have the bandwidth to do whatever the, we don't know what the privacy compliance is that we need to do in order to be able to send this newsletter and not get sued for $10 million from the EU. So we're just going to not. So if you want to follow us, I guess just follow us on Twitter or something. Thanks for hanging out. I think it's like those newsletters I always look forward to because they were, they tended to, they were informative and yeah. shared a bunch of gifts. And then it's just a much, it's a nice longer format than something like Twitter. So it's kind of a bummer, right? And that's the first one I've gotten from any studio. I don't and know. The reason that it works going to like Twitter is because now they've basically offloaded all the yes. compliance issues onto Twitter or onto Facebook or whatever because because those users aren't users of Ublitz's platform. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're users of Facebook or something. It's a huge bummer because like a big part of the thing we talk about as far as one of our primary strategies that we always espouse is, you know, email marketing is just one of the best things because people actually read your stuff. You can you can send people notes that are longer form, like our Ballyhoo that's you know, trying to build value in a completely different way than just trying to sell people stuff all the time. And now there's this big question for indie devs in particular, like, can you, or will you yeah. get in trouble? Well, I think, <laughs> you, I, you know, know, after having done, I mean, obviously I'm not a lawyer. None of us are lawyers. Mm-hmm. So, so who knows but, but, but what I've learned from going through this experience, I mostly handled it with our lawyer, with our legal team, uh, is that for like Ublitz case, just kind of specifically, 
it's not because there's a, there's a very easy technical thing they could do that that satisfies all GDPR stuff, which is that all they would have to do is that if somebody unsubscribed, they just purge that email from their whatever they've got, right? That would be so now no 100% a, sufficient. You no longer have an unsubscribers list, right? which a lot of mail companies do. Yeah, and, and we don't. So people right. unsubscribe from us, they're just gone now, right? Uh, Good for that. For yeah, the, yeah, for that yeah, reason. Yeah. Um, but, but that actually, even though that satisfies the sort of technical and actual privacy requirements of the GDPR, it doesn't satisfy the bureaucratic requirements because you have to have a privacy policy. That privacy policy has to include a whole bunch of stuff. That basically explains like how you're managing GDPR and all this kind of stuff. You have to uh, be involved in this privacy shield. If you're hosted in the United States, you have to be part of this privacy shield thing, which basically is you setting up an agreement with the U.S. government to say like, yes, I'm going to be, I'm, be, I'm involving myself in this treaty between the United States and the EU that says that I will protect people's data if it comes from the EU. Because without a doubt, that Ublitz mailing list has people from the EU in it. Yep. And, uh, and so there's, there's no... Even if you're doing the thing you need to do, mm-hmm. that's actually completely insufficient now. Right now you got to go through all the you got to go through all this tape. stuff, and some and some of it is very wacky and difficult to understand. And and like the privacy shield thing in particular was the kind of last piece of the puzzle for for us because there were still I just had questions all the way up until like the last hour that I was firing off to our lawyer trying to figure mm-hmm. out what we were supposed to do, you know. Um, but it costs us three hundred fifty bucks a year just to like be a part of it. Um, that's for the cheapest end, and it also opens us up to a thing where we now have this whole like binding arbitration thing that that users who complain about our privacy handling can sort of like opt into and force our hand into paying for. Right, right. So in this sort of like roundabout way, it opens up this very strange liability. Uh, but the liability is actually not very expensive. Um, but if you are in, an industry, if you're an industry studio, just trying to like trying to figure out because if we were trying if we had to do this back when we started the studio. We, just we might not have had yeah. B-Scotch ID. Yeah, we definitely would Because it, we wouldn't have had any idea. We wouldn't have been able to afford the the legal cost of figuring out how to do it and be above board. Mm-hmm. So this so, definitely throws a wrench in things. It does. Yeah, it's one of those. But on the other hand, like that's, you know, it's hard to say that that's actually even bad because it actually still is good for consumers yeah. to know that some, that like if, if now if you go, you know, if some indie company goes and sets up a mailing list and whatever, that, that you now know that you can be protected and that if they get your email address, they have to use it responsibly and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it sort of takes away the Wild West component yeah. of it. Um, but it, it does do it in a way that I think uh, – the, the thing that bugs me the most about the whole thing really is actually that privacy shield thing. It's just yeah. such fucking bullshit because really all the privacy shield says is like I'm going to enforce all the things I said I'm going to do. Right. right? It doesn't actually change anything. You just pay 350 bucks. You just pay $350 now <laughs> for some reason, right? So, so it's, 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 put on a it's list. not actually – a mechanism. No, it's actually, you have to be GDPR compliant before you can like be in privacy shield or, or I guess actually that's not, that's not quite right. Cause privacy shield existed before GDPR did. So maybe, but if you're GDPR compliant, you are privacy shield compliant. So like why then privacy would I have shield. to, okay, here's yeah. the thing. So privacy shield is your college diploma. Correct. That, yeah. that after you took, after you did your tuition, you did all the actual work. Now you got to pay $50 at the very end to get, your paper, right. to get that piece of paper mm-hmm. that says you did and it. And now that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> and then every year they ask you for more money despite that fact. Right. And they're like, Hey, uh, you know how you paid us every cent yep. that you will ever make for the next mm-hmm. 10 years. Can we just have more of that? Mm-hmm. That yep. sounds good. Uh, so yeah. maybe I guess so now going forward the EU is going to start asking us for donations <laughs> as alum. Well, privacy, privacy shield will continue to, but Perfect. yeah, any of it this as is an alum. <laughs> it's just one of those weird things that like uh, there's good intentions around all of it, and most of it is good, and and really the, the privacy shield only exists because the U.S. basically has no privacy rights for its citizens, right? Correct. And so, or just rights in general, or except in general. for <laughs> guns. You got to have a gun. Mm-hmm. Make sure you have your gun. Yeah. It's the principal one. Yeah, yeah. And you got to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I but I think importantly we don't. So here's the thing: in the U.S., we don't actually have gun rights in the sense that you don't have a right to own a gun. You have an obligation. Okay, yeah. you have to have mm-hmm. 35 guns. Mm-hmm. That's the law. People from other countries, <laughs> yeah, they don't understand. Like you yeah. gotta have a gun. It may, it's just yeah. it keeps us safe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting <laughs> because so yeah, the only reason that privacy shield has to exist is because of that fact, um, and uh, it just seems so unnecessary because the kind like the amount of burden that it would take to basically just say like, yeah, if you're in the U S you should also treat people's data a little bit responsibly and just have kind of a minimal set of requirements. Uh, would actually, like, even a very small set would cover, would basically cover GDPR's requirements. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and would be good for everybody. Yeah, I'm not good for advertisers. Well, the thing is also, like, I know that, and my question with the newsletter thing in particular is that I know that most people use something like MailChimp or uh, yeah. and, you know, Crate Sanders. So some of these other newsletter services. Um, yeah, for those, I typically assume, when you unsubscribe, it just purges you. From yeah, because so I, I assume compliance then is it's similar, similar to using Twitter. Actually, that's right? true. Yeah. If, you're, if you're using it, if you're only using MailChimp and everything is being stored there, then yeah. you should be fine. Then you're probably, well, uh, well you're I, fine if they're fine. Yeah, sort of no, because actually, they, actually, you're not because they're they're considered a data processor, and so you're considered a data controller because it's your data that Mailchimp is using on your behalf, right? Mm. So there are actually different regulations for each of those groups. So you still have to go through all the stuff. It's got very wrinkly. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. here, so, it was like I spent a lot of time reading about talking to our lawyers and just like setting up all the technical stuff to figure all this shit out. Like it is. It like is no weeks. small yeah. thing. It took yeah. a long yeah. time. But I think importantly, if you're a new studio and you're just starting up and you're like, oh shit, this GDPR thing is terrifying. Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of. But, uh, you know, if you think about, you can do things to mitigate or just eliminate completely your exposure to these problems. Uh, essentially by making, you know, single player games where you're not, you know, serving up ads or you're not, yep. you're not collecting lots of user data through third party services like, you know like Google AdWords or whatever. Um, and just, you know, just make premium games. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. We might see a rise. Yeah. On that side of the fence. yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's the way that you're. It is my hope that, that this kind of thing, plus hopefully some future regulations, because we need the U S to get on board at least to some degree for mm -hmm. this to all really matter. But my hope is really that we see the demise of free to play and, and free to, yeah. experience. Well, I guess, it's it's going to make thing. ads less profitable yeah, I hate in, in ads. general. I want them to all die. Um, and it's also going to make <laughs> a lot of younger studios kind of nervous about the consequences of, of serving Messing up ads, up. collecting user data, yeah. using, you know, using Facebook sign in, which again, yep. that, that makes ads more profitable on Facebook. Like the more things they can track about mm -hmm. you, the better they can target ads. Yeah. I mean, just, just the so, fact that, you know, we, we could, if we wanted to opt into Facebook, Facebook beacon is what it's called, right? Where, mm -hmm. where we can just put a thing on our website um, that would make it so that if you visit there and have, and it, at least it used to be, have just ever touched oh, Facebook. Yeah. I don't know. But they got in trouble, but, you know, they do what they want. They're, so just, they're just hoovering up. Uh, the but yeah, they're tracking you across the whole They're tracking you across road. everywhere. So if you'd like, you wouldn't even have logged into our website using Facebook. You would just visit it. After right? using Facebook. After using Facebook. Or just while and they would then in. know that you as a human being, as an individual person, had gone to our website and kind of like what you did there. And that's right? that's attached that's, to your name Yeah, this on is, Facebook, that's the thing we could know? just we could just choose to do. And before GDPR, we didn't have to tell you that shit. Mm -hmm. uh, we could just do it. Um we didn't, so, but we, didn't we could have, have. But, we could have. <laughs> but, we, but we did use Google Analytics, right? Which actually is is the, basically the same deal. And, and again, that's not a thing that people opt into. Mm -hmm. It's just almost every website you go to has Google Analytics in it. Well, you want to be, able, you be able to see how people are using the site. That's yeah. the interesting thing about it is like, because you, as a person who, who manages the content or the website or whatever else, you want to know what the user flow is and sort of like where people are coming from. Yeah, so you can make a better product. But I don't care about individual people. No. Which and, is and, the you, weird and actually, part we, don't, we don't get does. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we get, don't get that from Google, but but they get. But technically, like the data is there <laughs> right, if if yeah. Google decides to use it in that way. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think to me that was kind of the most interesting exercise of all of the GDPR prep stuff was just going through all of our third party relationships and just asking what are they actually doing with like what what are we exposing our players to by using these services? Because even if we have ads in all of our mobile games or, or used to. Um, and it was, it was a question that we always had and, and never like really dug into because I think none of us wanted. We kept it on that surface. Yeah, because like we didn't want to dig too deep. <laughs> we, was, did, yeah, we, didn't ask, of like, we didn't ask too wise. Deep. Stare yeah. the abyss. <laughs> because cause we had literally just wrapped up some additional software that we did not control mm -hmm. into our games so that, you know, to serve ads to people. Right. But we don't know what that's, we don't know what it's doing. We do yeah, not well, know what that's doing. Or, or what even that if we did, doing. even if we did kind of, you know, reverse engineer it and look at sort of the, the API calls and stuff. Once once the data leaves, yeah, then what? it goes over to Google. Yeah, what knows? are they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? Because yeah. also, you know, if you're on an Android phone, or even if you're on an iPhone, and you, you know, signed into your Google account mm -hmm. via Chrome, via whatever, um, you know, it's possible that that the Google Ads uh, app, like the the Google Ads API inside of the uh, game, can access that information, and it can attach your behaviors in mm -hmm. the game to you personally. You yeah. know, it's and I like, and I don't know what permission setting are, is required. On, from Android to make that happen. Like, do, do you, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, like, was that technically allowed the whole time we were using right. it? I, I have no idea. So, so yeah, I, th I think it was, I do think it's good. I think it's going to cause some sort of near-term damage, but it's going to, 
but really only for for very small studios and for people yeah. that are just getting started. Um, but I think I think on the whole that that even that itself I think is still kind of a good thing in a sense that people it's now have to herd. know why they're doing stuff yeah. and they have to have reasons they have to have thought through stuff. I mean, we're, the the days of just being able to put up a Google form or collect email addresses and never worry about that data, right? Mm-hmm. And never worry about what's going to happen to it or how it's being stored or how long you keep it uh, or if you're going to sell it or whatever. Like mm-hmm. the, those days are now just kind of over. Um, and I do think on the whole, that's a good thing. Yeah, good riddance. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but man, it makes life way more difficult. <laughs> also, speaking of, of shady entities controlling all kinds of weird information about mm, individuals, let's talk about fascism. Specifically, mm-hmm. planters fascism. Planters fascism. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this, well, Adam's been running. I've been running, but I've been, this is a weird segue, but we'll get there. This is a weird segue. I've been, I've been running, uh, I've been, I've been part of, I'm not doing the hardcore, uh, uh, quest for gains that's, that Seth is doing, but I'm doing my own sort of the quest, quest for quads, quest for, quest for just getting in better health, you know, like sort of Mm -hmm. gently, not as punchy of a title, but it's, uh, (laughs) it's not as punchy of an activity either, you know? Uh, but, but part of that has been, I'm trying to run more cause I want to be a better cardiovascular the, health. The quest for just getting in better just health, you know? <laughs> uh, but things like, cause you know, I'm not trying to get big muscles, but I want to be able to, you know, climb stairs. I want my heart rate to be a little bit lower. So, cause I think every heartbeat is one step closer to death. So the it fewer is. I have, the longer I live, I mm-hmm. think is how that works. Yep. So I want to, you know, I want to improve that. And so I've just, I started running. It's been going great. I've been running a few, like a mile at a time, a few times a week. And this weekend I was feeling pretty good. And so on Saturday night, I was like. I did, I did my, my one lap. So it's a mile around a park near my house, finished it. And I was like, I can do another one of these, mm-hmm. you know? So I did a second one and did it even faster and it just felt fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in the evening of Saturday. Then Sunday morning I got up and I was like, I still feel great. And I did it again. That exuberance oh, felt so good. Uh-huh. And then like an hour later, my foot just started to fucking hurt. Like the, the arch, you know, part of it. And what you discovered is you and stepped on a fascism. I stepped on a fascist. <laughs> and, now I've, and then your foot. And now I've got planter's fasciitis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, <laughs> so what's uh, a fascia, just so people understand. So fascia is like the, is the weird sort it's of. the web, right? It's kind of, yeah, it's like the webby sort of like. Uh, hard it's is the elastic. Word, but it's elastic, but like really kind of tough uh, tissue that sort of sits around meat and tendons. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of, it's kind of what, like it holds everything It's sort together. of like a sheet of tendon. Yeah. Right. That's what's, yeah. on, that's what's on your bone where the tendon mm-hmm. gets on And it also there. wraps around stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that, that stuff can get inflamed. Um, which is just basically when your, your body is like, I don't like what's happening. And just like sort of like sends immune cells there mm-hmm. and like it makes, starts to swell and it causes damage or whatever. Uh, so, so it'll typically happen if like, if you cause some sort of damage by like something rubbing how it wasn't supposed to or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, apparently that happened, which is just so fucking annoying because I was like, I was hitting my, I was hitting a peak when I was feeling fucking great. And then my body was like, I'm going to knock you down a peg. But if we look at your, yeah, your, don't get too, don't get too yeah, overconfident don't, here. Don't get too If we look at the graph of your miles run though. Because essentially what you're doing is one mile a day. And then suddenly in one 12 hours, 12 hour window, four miles. Yeah. So you may, well, apparently this is sort of the main cause of, of plantar fasciitis is, is sort step of like, function of, yeah. Exercise. It's sort of like how aggressively you go after it relative to how you normally do, or if you're only running on hard surfaces and never on soft surfaces and whatever. Uh, and so, so th- those two runs as well, because previously I mostly was running on a treadmill, but this time it was all sidewalk. Mm-hmm. So like, I just did all the things wrong. So I think the idea is, you know, you just got to get in there. But we should maybe think about, but don't pull too many G's. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. that's how you black out. That's then, how you black out. And then, and then you're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. So just watch, watch out for that acceleration. Yeah. Um, but, but this is kind of an interesting thing. This has happened to me every single time I've tried to get back into shape, um, which is prompted me this time. Now I'm on a much longer, you playing know, the long I'm playing game. the long game now. So I started back in basically like January-ish, maybe a little earlier. Uh, and it's just like work out a few days a week. Don't hit it too hard. Just like run a little bit. Because uh, it used to be every time I get back in, I'm like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna get buff," you know. Mm-hmm. And I would do my first set of exercise. I come in on that Which, day. That is a very long term goal. It is, yeah. Know? But but I was thinking about doing it now. Right. So you you're know? always gonna be disappointed today. Yeah, but that wasn't the problem. The problem <laughs> was you're gonna vomit all the Then I would work yeah. out way too hard yeah, right. and then <laughs> injure myself too much, so that then I was incapacitated for at least a week. And then by the time that week kind of dried up, I was like, I don't want to go back and do this, you know, because it's, it's all about building those habits. But if mm-hmm. you just immediately fuck it up by injuring yourself, which is why I'm bummed right now because I was doing such a good job of not injuring myself by taking it slow. Mm-hmm. So there's just, a, so uh, there's no, I a, can't uh, run for a while. So there's a credible, completely accurate uh, statistic. Uh-huh. This is a good 
which Start. which says <laughs> which says that it takes about sixty six days minimum to establish a new habit. That was twenty one. I thought it was ten thousand hours. No, that's to become an expert. Mm, okay. To establish a habit, there's a, a a credible and reliable statistic from unknown origin uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. that it takes sixty six days. Sam says twenty one. So at yeah, least twenty one. So I'm, somewhere I'm between, pretty sure it's ten thousand. So somewhere I think between, expertise is the same as a habit. You know. That's true. So. It's habitually being really good at exactly. something on accident mm, without yep. thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, all right. So hopefully Adam's, you know, fascism yeah, so my, is cured. I, I got to figure mm-hmm. out, can I just like run on it anyway and just hope for the best? You know, I don't know what's going to happen. But. Or do you have to swim now? Do you have to do, know. you could probably do handstand walks. Um, That's which true. Is a I haven't great, tried those yet. You know, it's mm-hmm. like running, but yeah. you die because all the blood goes in your head and yeah. then it explodes. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you got options. Yeah. You got fitness options. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's get on to some questions. These questions come from our listeners over at podcast.bscotch.net. So if you'd like to get your question onto a future episode, uh, definitely not the, the current one Mm-mm. because we're recording this in, right in the past. Um, but if you want to get onto a future episode, get over there, put your question in the text box. First pair of questions. Ooh. Oh, shit. Two questions at once. Are you guys ready? I'm super ready. All right. First of the pair comes from Five Iron. How can I throw money at you without having to order something from the store? I live in Guatemala, and having stuff shipped is not really a good idea over here. Don't ask why. <laughs> so uh, maybe aside from the expense, there might be some other mm. shady thing going well, on. Well, I think we do, we do take mail for granted because that is kind of just crazy that you can you just type it and you're like, hey, I want this package, and then it just appears. Somebody's like, all right, it's going to be 40 cents. Yeah. And, and <laughs> it just yep. appears, I don't even which know. I think is particularly interesting, at least in the U.S., because of the fact that that mail carriers and mail companies seem to have no responsibility for what happens to packages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if they go so, away. So, it, despite <laughs> that fact that that like nobody is held responsible if something goes wrong, except for like the company tried to ship it. Right. So, despite that fact, somehow the system still works. Yeah. It's really amazing. It's pretty good. It's yeah. Pretty good. All right, so, the second question uh, comes from my secret weapon, who said. It was already something I was thinking about in your conversation at the end of the last episode prompts me to ask, what about a butter sub shenanascription option where we can just give you more money and whatever that's worth is up to you guys. Mm. I'm a new fan, but a big one. And I love to support great devs. That's interesting. So I guess to, to both the points, um, how do people just give us more money? That's the, that's the core. (laughs) This is probably my favorite question. (laughs) Uh, I think we don't really have a good mechanism. We don't. And, uh, and we've talked about, we've, we've talked off and on about the potential of doing something like a Patreon before, but all these, all of the, all of them entail doing other stuff. So if, if we did a Patreon, for example, it wouldn't be the case that we would be happy to just like, just put it up. Just say, hey, just yeah. go. We're Give us gonna, money if you want. Yeah, we're going to do the exact same things before, but now this. And so what that means is that every single aspect of uh, sort of us opening a channel for people to just give us money on also our cost part us money. costs us time. Yeah. Or money, depending on what Time is money, friend. That's yeah. right. And so, friend. so that's actually mainly why we haven't done anything like that. So the only ways to do it currently, uh, if you don't want to ship anything to you, is probably actually through the comic page yes uh, <laughs> go to our itch page well, you can buy anything i think i think everything on itch is technically sellable right all I, I think we didn't all of us are we turned off all donations and stuff yeah because yeah, we had to go back and review the license terms for the uh music oh yeah. right yeah, but yeah, yeah. the comic is ours yep we have rights for it yeah completely. so you could use that as a as a money laundering vehicle to pass money if you really want to, and then you get, I mean, things, that's the thing is you already get the comic for free. So it's, yeah, it's a, a free comic that you could just give us. Donations. Well, it's the same deal it's because we don't want to do the extra work of having like tiered systems where if you pay this much, you get this and whatever. So we don't want to do that, which means we actually can't provide, or actually not can't, we won't provide uh, additional value in some sense for mm-hmm. people who are like, well, but also doing a monthly donation or whatever. Importantly, uh, these these couple of fine folks who asked us these questions are in a, the tiniest minority yeah. of our total player base. Most such people, that most people definitely don't want to give us any more money. any money, but definitely they're not more really money. unhappy with how much they've already given us. Even though for <laughs> most of them that is zero dollars. Yeah, uh, on account of the tens of millions of pirates. Yeah, but have. I think I bet, but it's only just over. It's like twelve million. Well, I guess here's here's a different just question. for Crashlands because I think true. Yeah. I think a different question is is not how how can you give more money to someone who you want to support, but just how can you give more value, right? Um, because they're they're two different things. So money's nice and all, uh, but you know, like we don't have a good mechanism for it, and we also don't 
want to create a mechanism because it creates extra work. So the question is, what else is there? Um, and when you think about it in terms of value, as you as a person who likes a particular dev or a game or whatever else, there's actually a bunch of ways that you can essentially give us what is equivalently money, right? And that's by, so you have a friend who you know is also into games. If you're like, hey, listen to this podcast, you've given us some value. Granted, yes. there's no dollar amount attached to it, but but there is some value attached to it. So it's things like that, that if you're if you're really wanting to sort of, you know, assist with the with either the community or whatever else, uh, you know, just be active in the Discord or share the podcast with people, share the games with people. Um, just generally be there. Help noobs for on us. Reddit. Yeah. Generally be there for us. It's um, like being a good parent, you know? You just gotta be there. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so sometimes so, showing up is all that matters. You just gotta yeah. show up. So that, that's that's what I would say. That's my answer. So if you don't want to dump if you don't want to dump money into the the itch page, then just uh just be there for us. Yeah. I yeah. think it might be a good idea if we can find some like sort of tip jar style mechanism just to have it available mm -hmm. at some point. But, but the thing is like, we're not going to make that system. It has to already exist where we can just integrate it where somebody else is offloading all, all the it. bullshit of, cause it's, it's really like, actually I was Googling this a little bit cause I saw this question um, uh, over the weekend mm. and, uh, and talked to my wife who also was kind of familiar with some of the things they're kind of, I was kind of looking at what some of the things are that are available and everywhere you look, you're just reminded why we can't have nice things, mm. you know? So there's this really cool service. It's sort of like a competitor to, I don't even competitor is probably not the right word, but alternative to uh, Patreon, which is fully, the, the creators of it don't even take any money. You can just separately pay them, like to basically tip them, right? Mm. Uh, but because that's how they're doing it, which is really cool, very noble. They can't meet any They can't costs. meet any cost, so they only use PayPal because- any, if you use credit cards, now the, the credit card processor is now liable for chargebacks. And I don't know if, you, if any of you listeners know it, but it costs, anytime you issue a chargeback, it costs $15 to the, to the company yeah. who sold the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you bought a thing for 99 cents. On, even if you bought a thing for 99 cents, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, so a lot of, you know, we, you know, we were always complaining, like everyone's always complaining about the cut that all the stores take from our, uh, our revenue when we sell our games and stuff, but included in their profit margin is the cost of, of chargebacks, of chargebacks, which is not insignificant, especially if you're on mobile. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, so like, so now this company just can only use PayPal because of this mechanism they wanted to use. Right now, of course that's useless. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then like Patreon's doing all kinds of weird shit with, with their thing because they have investors are trying to keep happy. Mm -hmm. And so there's like, there's, if you know of a good service, just, Tell us about it. Just a just a tip jar. Just a, just yeah. a tip mm -hmm. jar service. And if it was like a subscription style one or, or had that option, that would be really good. Like for people who just love the podcast and want to sort of like do like a monthly contribution or something, uh, I would love to have that be an option. So we could uh, make, well, people take donations through Twitch somehow, but I don't know how that happens. What, what we need is a separate service called Tipply. Mm, or that's <laughs> a good, that's a good name. Or Tipster or something. Mm -hmm. Tipply. It's just a thing Tipply. where you could just you give people tips. Mm -hmm. The yeah. end, and the and with lots of options on how you do it. That'd be stuff. monthly, maybe monthly, daily, weekly. Maybe that exists. Uh, Actually, I'm going to Google Tipply real quick. Tipply. That sounds, I bet. <laughs> that sounds like a real. It's got to be a real thing. thing. Anything that ends in Lee is, it, is I mean, already and it is an based app. in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure it's in. It, yeah. All right. Well, next question comes from Devo. Do you three still play video games together? Do you prefer online or in person gaming? Tipley does exist, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's what I figured. Let's so. let's use it. <laughs> All right. Do we still play Hold video on. games? What? Together? what? There's something that you forgot about that I know we're in questions now, but you didn't mention the Shenana Jam. Oh, that's so true. Probably before we go any fucking mm. further, the Shenana Jam is coming up in a week and a half. It's coming up, at, yeah, two Fridays. There's going to be one more podcast before the Shenana Jam yeah. recap podcast. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Shenanah Jam, just go to shenanajam.com. It is our worldwide 48-hour, mm -hmm. it's actually 72-hour yep. game jam. You don't have to spend the whole 72 hours just if you're worried about that. Yeah, you, you should do some sleeping. Anywhere from zero to 72 hours, depending on your you know personal level of commitment. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, we currently have about 230-something people signed nice. up, so it's, it's really getting up yeah. there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, last year we were, I think, number 10 for the largest the whole year for the whole year for the largest uh, jams on itch. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think we can overcome at I would least like three like spots. Yeah. I, I want to get up in like the top five. Mm -hmm. would be, okay. Would be I want to at least get above like 9.5 somewhere mm -hmm. above. Just there. slightly. Yeah. I think yeah. it uses a floor algorithm or a floor function mm -hmm. probably. Yes. So perfect. Yeah. Uh, 
So otherwise, if you have no experience with making games, that's fine. Perfect. That's even better. Get in there. Uh, we have a partnership with or a sponsorship from Yo-Yo Games, and they are the creators of Game Maker Studio, which is what we use to make our games. And they're providing uh, free temporary licenses for their software. And it's very easy to learn. It's very easy to use. It comes with lots of tutorials and stuff like that. So um, if you say, well, I don't know how to program. I don't know how to do art. No problem. Mm-hmm. Game Maker has ca- capabilities to, to help you do all that stuff. Um, so check that out. And that's again, that's at shenanajam.com. All right. Next question comes from Devo. Do you three still play video games together? Do you prefer online or in-person gaming? Like first question, first question is, did we ever play video games together? Uh, not that not, much. Not actually. really. A little bit. Yeah. Not really. We played uh, Unreal Tournament back uh, way back in the on day. On the lands. Forever ago. Uh, Unreal Tournament 1999, the old mm-hmm. Game of the Year edition. Yep. Gold. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Seth play Final Fantasy, and I watched Adam play Doom. I watched... The youngest brother. I so I did a lot somebody of play. <laughs> I watched somebody play Ratchet and Clank. Probably me. I think I watched Sam play Ratchet and Clank. That. Sam and I played a bunch of uh, Lego Star Wars. Yes, and Star Wars Battlefront, Battlefield, Battlefront. whatever it's called. One, One of the battles. Battle, 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 and then battle some F-word. word. Yeah. yeah, battle F word. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then there was a short time I was playing a lot of Left 4 Dead for a while. Yep, with that. my wife. Yeah, we did and that so, over a holiday. Yeah, so we, I would kind of rope one of the two in mm-hmm. like now and then. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think we all we all kind of end up on our own, like, just on our own gaming kicks that just sometimes we pass through. Mm-hmm. So Sam was playing a lot of Terraria for a while. Then I was yep. playing a lot of Terraria for a while. But I mostly played with my wife. He mostly played with his wife. And we then just we, like we did have up. a shared map that we would like mm-hmm. that we played around in for a few hours, and then we all just went and did our own things again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I built I a know. glass castle on that map. That's pretty. Uh, good. That's true. Yeah. 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 So I just showed up, built a glass castle, and then left. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, I did my thing. Yeah. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> Enjoy the glass. Enjoy I've the done glass. My part. I, well, actually, I made a glass castle that went upward, and then it also had a stone mirror that pointed downwards. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I did it now. I made two castles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One hill castle and one glass. It's one glass. Very fancy. Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, every now and then we also do stuff like, you know, one of us will play RimWorld or Kerbal Space Program or something, and then we'll be super pumped about it, and then at least one of the others will Mm -hmm. check it out. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I think the games that we played the most of, so I played the most of things like World of Warcraft or EVE Mm -hmm. um, or uh, like like Rocket League, and I don't think you guys ever got into those games. I mean, I played played quite a bit of WoW, but we didn't play... Together, because I was tended to be doing my own alt fever yeah. thing. Well, I should say, pro- yeah, proportionally, we, we didn't quite equal. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. You played a lot. Of, I played of, probably thirty times more oh, yeah. of that than you did. Uh, <laughs> I was a tourist. At least, yeah. yeah, you were just stopping by. Mm-hmm. I I was born in it. But the thing is, like, we all have a lot of. We have a very good time playing together. We just don't do it. I think because of. I don't know. It's busy. We're it we're we're adults. We got things mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, for me, when it comes to video games, like I just I just get an itch that I need to scratch sometimes. But it's it's rarely just somebody will say, "Hey, well, you want to come play Rocket League right now?" Where I'll right. be like, "Yeah, definitely." Like this Rocket League was exactly what I wanted mm-hmm. in my life at this moment in time. Uh, for for whatever reason, I think games and movies are similar. Um, for me anyway. Where I gotta be in the right mood. You want you gotta want to go thing. watch a movie. Yeah, yeah. I gotta want to play a game, and then I also gotta want to play that specific game. This is why we need the blockchain because I feel like if we could sort of commoditize time, mm, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. I sort so of like you could be like, hey, I want you to play. I'm gonna just I'm gonna pay you. You a put play that, with me coin. Yeah. Well, you put that desire on the blockchain. Yeah. yeah. And then later, when I want to play, now we're both on the blockchain. Boom. Now it's mm, blockchain. Get a notification. Done. That yeah. sounds better thought out than most blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is, it is the case that so there's a reason that you know as a society we moved away from the barter system is because it requires something called a mutual coincidence of wants. Yes, which is yeah. I have to want a chicken and you have to want whatever the fuck you would trade for a chicken and yeah. I have to have that thing. A small right? turkey. Yeah. And Basically. so, yeah. so of course, we shifted over to using money because now it's like, now we don't have to want the same thing at the same time and both have those mm-hmm. things, right? But when it comes to yeah, something that like- that thing is money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So now we can, now we can <laughs> store value in a third entity mm-hmm. and use that as a medium of exchange. But of course, time- I wonder if it's covered by GDPR though, you know? What? The barter system? Yeah. Though there's, there's third party. There's third party mm-hmm. money. Yeah. System, yeah. Cash is, is not covered by GDPR. So that's going to yeah. be a problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but of course, time is not, 
you cannot commoditize it. Well, because you can't move it around. You can't asynchronously be like, I'll give you this 10 minutes whenever you need it. Unless you put it on the blockchain. Well, yeah, unless you put it on the blockchain. That's what I'm saying. You see what I'm saying? Adam, you're just working in the future, man. (laughs) I'm trying to be in reality over here. So that's 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 why we don't get those big bucks. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I mean, this this is one of the dumb things about being an adult. So as a kid, you just always want to play video games. Yes. Uh, And you got nothing else going on. So, (laughs) So... Somebody's just like, hey, you want to come over and play Mario Kart? And you're like, fuck yeah. I got and then you'll just- go do that for six hours drinking mm-hmm. Mountain Dew. Yeah. And as an you're adult. Like, I can't get diabetes. I'm a child. And as an adult, you're like, hey, you want to come over and play Mario Kart? And they're like, how about like next Tuesday? Yeah. yeah I got like 30 minutes. Find a time. I got about a half hour. And my least favorite thing is scheduling hangouts. Oh, God, yeah. And the, 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 as much as I as complain about it. As an adult, that's it, all you do. It is all you do. But like, as much as I complain about it, I'm also just not open to if someone being like, Hey, you want to just come over to me? Like, no, I have, <laughs> yeah. I have things that I arbitrarily decided to do this morning, this evening. So. Well, I think yeah. well, as, an, as a as a responsible adult, you plan each day, at least vaguely, right. where you wake up and you have a sense of like, here's how my day is going to go, the things I need to take care of mm-hmm. today. At any time, I don't know if you guys, how you guys feel about this, but anytime somebody asks me if I want to do something today, I always say no. Hmm. I was like, hey, you want to go out to dinner tonight? I'm like, absolutely not. Well, actually, for me, me, I'm almost the opposite, actually, where, like, I need it to be a surprise and, like, really close, but also <laughs> not not have to have something else I have to do before, because otherwise my, my gut reaction to any invitation is to say no, no matter when it is. Right. <laughs> but if it's, like, if it's in the evening and I feel really good right now, I'm uh, like, yeah, sure, I could. that sounds fun. I could go mm-hmm. do that. But if you ask me, like, for three days from now, I could look at the calendar and be like, I'm fucking wide open. Like, there's nothing happening, mm-hmm. but... What if but I they're play my video games? You know? <laughs> I won't know how I'll feel then. Exactly. And so but then I, know I have to how say I feel no. now. Yeah. So this is the real problem. This is why we don't play video games together. Because we all have completely different scheduling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if you if you like asked, if you're like, hey, let's on Saturday night, let's all sit down and play like whatever Terraria, right? If you if you asked me to do that, I'd be like, that sounds awesome. However, but also I'm not gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you said like what if I get really into learning Java on Yeah, yeah who knows? Stop. Because yeah, now that now there's a thing in the way of other things that I might want to do. Mm-hmm. But if it was the end of the work day and you're like, all right, uh, everybody's like getting ready to go home, you're like, you guys do anything tonight? You wanna like the moment you get home, just literally that moment, mm-hmm. we could all jump into a game and just mm-hmm. go go to town, you know? Then I'd be like, Yeah, that's cool. Like I'll get behind that. So we need to figure out how to align ourselves. Mm. Maybe we can scheduling practices. Yeah, yeah. Who's who's gonna meet who where? Adulthood is a weird thing, but also with with adulthood, if you then have a significant other, um, and in the mix, they have their own set of you know peculiarities. And if if you've got six children and a dog, yeah, all of them. There's now a completely unmanageable combination of things that all have to happen before a plan can come together. Mm -hmm. So when I first moved into when I first moved into my house, there's these four outlet or four light sockets in the hallway and in every socket was a completely different light bulb i noticed that the refrigerator had no light bulb in it (laughs) and then i looked and i saw that they had removed the bulb from the refrigerator and replaced one of the hallway light bulbs (laughs) with a refrigerator bulb but also i believe they had four kids and i was like oh that explains that (laughs) (laughs) you don't have time you're like we need a bulb I have no fucking idea when or how <laughs> to get one. <laughs> but there is one but in there the is one in the fridge. So we're just gonna have a dark fridge now. That's just our lives mm-hmm. now. Yeah. One of the bulbs was also from the stove, the like the stove top. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> covered in grease. They're not the, yeah, it's covered no, in not the right water. I don't think you can blame this on the kids at this point. It's that's a little a, extreme. That's some next level. I don't even know what that, that is. That is some <laughs> next that is some next level action. But uh, you know, that's that's just, it gets complicated. When you're an adult, it gets, it gets more complicated and sometimes it's hard as shit to deal with. And it, and it definitely, we can all agree, it doesn't need to be. Like, there's no reason it needs no. to be complicated. No, clearly, just, clearly something, somebody took a wrong turn somewhere. Well, I think it's that we all have these sort of mutual uh, obligations and senses of, of like time, you know? Because it also mm-hmm. used to be like, you didn't worry about your time when you were younger. Because right. again, like you were saying, you got nothing going on, right. you know? So. Yeah. So whatever. And you got infinite time because you're seven. Yeah. And, and you're, you're actually, like, and you're bored most of the time because you don't even understand the value of your time yet and mm-hmm. how much interesting stuff there is. The around. time is wasted on the youth, isn't that the, I think, something like I that. think youth is wasted on the young. Young, oh. is, young is wasted on the time. <laughs> Something about young people yeah, are wasting shit. Whippersnappers <laughs> need to get off my fucking lawn. How's that? I was yeah, I was good. talking to my my <laughs> niece over this past week. I had family uh, staying and, and she's seven and 
somebody Very busy. And she she yeah. was introduced to s'mores for the first time. So she's from India. Mm-hmm. And and bonfires and s'mores are not a common cultural staple over there. And so she was experiencing s'mores and she was very excited. And her mom was like, do you want to have a s'more party for your birthday? Mm. And she's like, that's so far away. And it's just like a few months from now. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I remember when a few months was yeah, so a really long time. <laughs> you know, because proportionally, she hasn't been alive that many months. Mm-hmm. A month is a big substantial. That would be like if somebody told me like, hey, you want to do something in three years? I'd be like, what? I don't care. Why would I care? <laughs> right. What are you talking about? I can't about? even think about that. Anyways, all right. Well, I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, so for starters, we'd like to thank our producer, Fat Bard, for making us sound good. Thanks to our community moderators who keep our Discord and forums running. If you'd like to get more involved in the Butterscotch community, you can always hop into our Discord server, which you can find at discord.gg slash bscotch. And you can join the Shenana Jam by going to shenanajam.com. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's no slash or anything. No. You just, we just got that. type just that right there. Uh, also, if you'd like to adorn your body with butterscotch merch, uh, check out our shop over at shop.bscotch.net. Apparently, unless you live in Guatemala, in which case there's something going on there that we don't mm-hmm. know don't about. Don't ship your packages. Don't ship don't them. Don't do it. We don't, just don't do it. We don't know maybe what there's the a, consequences Maybe there's some sort be. of a demon that lives there that is fed by packages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it's like a bridge troll. Like when yeah. a package goes across the border. It just gives it strength. Yeah. <laughs> don't feed it. Yeah. It'll... It'll consume us all. Well, we do have a uh, comb-over coupon over on the shop. Oh, it's currently. still going? I think it's still going. Are we just going to do it for... Is it going to be a perpetual sale? No, we'll probably keep it up. This all point. right, so if you want some, something like 20% off... Roughly. Then, <laughs> yeah, you can go to the shop.bscotch.net and get your stuff, put in the code, get 20% off everything. And I, we actually did sell quite a few, like, like seven boxes yeah. Woo. Stuff, which, is, which is a lot. Which is a lot. So uh, feel free to grab something, and we'll probably turn that off before the next podcast. So get on it. Also, I should point around. out, uh, because this is not our primary function, you know, we are not a uh, retailer sort of by trade. Mm-hmm. We don't ship packages every day. We ship them on a bi-weekly basis mm-hmm. every yeah. two weeks. Which could day. mean either <laughs> twice a week or once every two weeks. Uh, so Fort weekly. So just bear that in mind yeah, when, you're, weekly. when you're choosing your shipping, if, you're, if you want to ship something to a friend for a birthday or whatever, you know, just remember that that's how that's going to happen. Also, if you'd like to send us some stuff, we have a mailbox. And so if you would like the address, you can find that over at mailbox.bscotch.net. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.